If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host, Karen Allen. Hello, friend, and welcome to another episode of In the Details. I'm your host, Karen Allen, and today I am joined by Drexwell Seymour. He's a man who's on a mission to inspire, encourage, and influence others to overcome setbacks and systemic injustice and to find their purpose in life in the midst of all these things that can actually take us off course. Drexwell actually grew up on a small island, one of my favorite islands in the world, Turks and Caicos where there were actually limited opportunities. But despite those limiting opportunities, he strived and thrived and eventually received a full scholarship in the United States at the age of 16 and later graduated from Miami College with an MBA in finance. As he grew older, though, despite all these achievements and and building a successful accounting firm and, and multiple businesses, there was something that just kept haunting him in the back of his mind. And it was low self-esteem, lack of confidence, things that honestly, I think you and I can both relate to because it's a human condition. It isn't until someone can help us to see the best in ourselves, or until we're willing to do the work that we can overcome those things that may be holding us back. Well, Drexwell just a few years ago decided that this is his life's purpose to help others never feel the way he had been made to feel. He's the author of two published books, Rise Up and Succeeding in Your Position, which both are available. Uh, Rise, or excuse me, Succeeding in Your Position was actually released in May of this year. So make sure you go and check them both out. But for now, let's get in the details with Drexwell. Drexel, welcome. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. And I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Oh, absolutely. Anybody who's willing to share their challenges, help inspire others, you know, all that good stuff. Hey, this is a conversation that is worth having and sharing. So thank you for saying yes. Thank you. Now, first question is, I've actually uh, had one trip to Turks and Caicos. Beautiful. I mean, the sand is like powder under your feet. It's absolutely gorgeous. But you mentioned that growing up on the island did come with limiting opportunities, which, you know, based on being there for a couple of days, I could kind of see where where that perspective comes from. Mm -hmm. And so my question to you is, how did growing up? on an island with limiting limited opportunities, how did that shape your perspective on life and also shape your determination to succeed? Sure. So, well, growing up, of course, we didn't know any better. You know, at that time, we thought, you know, we had the best world because we, we were a very commun- community-oriented place where everybody looked out for each other. Of course, we had no idea where our future would go because... After we finished high school, most people had to go into the workforce, either working at the, the, the government or to the telephone company. And so we didn't have much exposure. But despite that, it, it still made me the person I am today. I think it made me humble and it made me to appreciate, you know, the things in life. Because sometimes when you grow up with everything in your life, sometimes you don't appreciate things in life. And so all of that made me the person I am today. I mean, despite that, you know, I did suffer you know, setbacks with, with, you know, suffering from inferiority complex and stuff like that. But again, despite the suffering, I am better off today because of what I went through. Hmm. I think that that is something not only can I relate to, but a lot of our listeners can relate to, you know, it's these challenging situations. It's these experiences they may, that may seem limiting, you know, that are actually very rich 
in lessons and even blessings that we may not see up front, but if we're willing to look, they're there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I imagine growing up on such a beautiful island that there was a lot of fun. I mean, I could definitely sense that community and how people look out for each other. And it was beautiful. I mean, you were literally growing up in paradise from my my perspective, from my perspective. But I understand that when you are on a small island and when, you know, things are just done a certain way, how it can feel kind of restrictive. But what was that moment when you realized that maybe this isn't, well, it's always going to be paradise in my eyes, Drexwell. Sorry, mm. that's just what Turks and Caicos <laughs> is. So, but it may not be, you know, the paradise that you would imagine because it doesn't have a lot to offer or what you were looking for. What was it like when you kind of discovered like, hey, I, I don't think that this is it for me. I think that there's more out there that I should be exploring. You know, I, I always wanted more, but I just didn't know how to achieve what I wanted. It was always my desire to want more. When I was growing up, I I wanted to be an accountant. I, I wanted to have businesses, but it just looked in, impossible. So it was always in my in in my mind to achieve more, but I just didn't know how to do it because my family come from our background. We didn't we didn't have much. My my father was a carpenter. My mom worked at a fishing plant, so we didn't have any money. So I didn't know how I was going to achieve it. But I, I always wanted more. Mm. So what was the first thing that you did to start to create this dream and make it a reality? I mean, you just listed things that you said you thought were impossible and you're literally doing them today. So what was yeah. the first step that you took to start to pursue what seemed impossible? Well, the first thing that happened really was, I think, in my last well, year, well, I graduated from high school in 85. And so there's literally nothing for us to do. So we went, we went back to high school for another year. And while I was there, this scholarship came about for um, persons from Turks and Caicos to attend this school in Ohio. And so I, about eight or nine of us applied and I was the, the recipient for that scholarship. I, you know, I, I, I didn't know what, of course we didn't know, only we only knew one person was gonna get it. And, but I took the risk and I, and I did it because I knew this was a great opportunity now to pursue that accounting degree. And so I applied and I got the scholarship and then I went to Ohio and, and that was the, that was the changing point where I, I took the initiative to apply for the scholarship. And you didn't know anyone in Ohio, correct? I didn't know anyone in Ohio. That was my first time to the United States of America. I didn't know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> what did you imagine when you thought of, I'm going to go to the United States, I'm going to go to this state named Ohio? Like, what was the first vision that started to come up? You know what? I was so honestly, I was so excited. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even envision what it was gonna be like. I just was excited. I was gonna to go to college. I was gonna meet all these people and 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 hopefully talking about Turks and Caicos. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have a, a, a an idea or what to even think about Ohio. I just know it was in America and here I told America's the land of the great. And that's all I was looking forward to, to step into that soil and 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 pursue my education. I think that's actually wonderful because when you don't have any expectations and it's limitless, it could be anything and you are never going to be disappointed because it's less about what you wanted it to be as we set those expectations and more about just being open to what it is. Absolutely. And it was the best part. It was one of the best parts of my life. I mean, in Ohio, that was, you know, that was the best, literally like the best part of my journey in my life. Yes, that's. Amazing. Now you get to Ohio and you're like, okay, 
I knew that I wanted to get out of Turks and Caicos. I knew I wanted to expand, you know, my horizon and, and, and my experiences. You land in Ohio. And what was that transition like? Other than having to probably buy socks and a coat, which, you know, <laughs> weather's very different. You know, it was, it was a great experience because I met so many different people and I, I met so many, not only just from America, but from different countries. And when I arrived in Ohio, and I wasn't even thinking about some of these countries, like I met people from Africa, it was unbelievable that I was actually meeting people from Africa. I just couldn't believe in my wildest dream that I'll meet people from Africa. And, and, and so that was the whole eye-opener for me, just meeting all these different individuals from different countries and from the United States of America, and to see how they treated me. In fact, I felt better in Ohio, then I felt at home. They, it's like they accepted me. They, they didn't, they didn't look at me and, and judge me as opposed at home. They look at me as, oh, look at this dark skinned person. But when I went to Ohio, I, I was, it was, it was not like that. So it was a, it was a life changing moment for me. Mm, you know, gosh, it just hit me right now. I didn't think about this as I was even prepping for this conversation, but for those who have not been to Turks and Caicos, I think it's maybe very important to set the scene of what it was like as you were growing up, because a lot of people think of Turks and Caicos are like, oh, great island destination, vacation. It's beautiful. But I also remember when I was there, there's very clear distinction between upper class. It didn't seem to be a middle class. I could be wrong there, but it seemed like it was just upper class and lower class. So can you set the scene of what Turks and Caicos was like as you were growing up, which then enticed you to, you know, leave the island? What was what was the world looking like at that time for you? The way Turks and Caicos is now, it's not the, it's not the same as I was when it, well, as it was when I was growing up. And when I was growing up, it's just the majority of us was, was from Turks and Caicos. And most people, most people didn't have anything. The main industry was fishing industry or, you know, you work on the government. But we had a class structure, despite the fact that we didn't have much growing up. But if you like, if you're light skinned, you, you tend to be favored more than, than if you were dark skinned. If you belong to a certain family with the last name, you tend to be favored more than persons who, whose name is not well known or who, or whose parents probably don't have much, even though most people didn't have much. We understood the, the lower side. But now we have this extreme thing is turn around where we have a big disparity. We have people who do the, the well, the haves and the have nots, if I, I could say it like that. Um, we have this expatriate community, especially the white population who's doing really well. And then you have some locals who are doing well, then you have some locals who are not doing well. And so there's this big gap among us in, in, in Turks and Caicos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you came to the United States, it's not such a drastic difference because one, culturally, you're now seeing people from all over. So it's not just the, as you were talking about, it wasn't an uh, economic divide, but it's also you know, very much of a social divide, you know, whether it was based mm-hmm. on the, your skin tone or whether it was based on, you know, the amount of money that you had or the family that you came from, you know, that was all in the, within the community. But now you step into Ohio and you're like, oh my gosh, there are so many different shades and there's so many yeah. different levels and people come from all all different walks of life. And so yeah. what I'm hearing is, although you came from an island where community was very important, sounds like you found a lot of community in Ohio. I did. I did. I, I, I found a lot. I found a lot of 
community in Ohio where everybody got together. I mean, I didn't experience any difference. I didn't experience any discrimination. Um, I didn't experience any racism, even though those probably exist. But I didn't experience it. I I, I felt people was very open and 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 welcoming to mm. to, to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, I am glad that that was your experience, but. Yeah. There was something that must have happened. I mean, obviously your work today and your mission, you know, to help others. What was a pivotal moment that led you to discover, hey, there's something going on inside of me that maybe, you know, is is limiting my potential and and then turning that into a way to help others who maybe are experiencing some of their own limiting beliefs that's keeping them from reaching their potential. What was that pivotal moment like? Well, I used to be I used to be very unhappy. Mm-hmm. Even I felt deep down that there was that there was more, but then I still felt unhappy. I still used to feel maybe it was a mistake. I, I shouldn't have been. I should have not been born. Mm-hmm. But then I, I then I, I I got a good relationship with God, and and I and then my faith started to build. And I felt, and then after reading the book, the the Bible, I started to realize that I am important, and nobody's better than me. And then when I met my wife. Was a very beautiful lady um, on the outside and inside, and that was very helpful to, in, in in my journey because um, I said, "Wow, this beautiful lady loves me," and so that that validation from her really helped me a lot. She keep putting these positive thoughts into my mind, mm. and that's when I started thinking. That's when my mindset started to change, mm-hmm. realizing, "Wait a minute, Drexel, you are just as important as anybody. Nobody's important than you." Mm-hmm. And and then that's when I think started to change for me after so many years. And then I, I realized, wow, this is true. Mm-hmm. And then I started building confidence in myself. And and then I started writing articles and then I started inspiring people. Mm. I appreciate your courage to even look at some of those hard spaces within. In your book, Rise Up, you know, you you really emphasize overcoming low self-esteem and lack of confidence. And I'm very grateful that you found partnership in someone who poured into you and and you know filled up your cup and reminded you of how important you are, how loved you are. Were there any specific techniques? Were there any tools? Were, in, were there any strategies or even just new healthy patterns that you would practice that, you know, you found helped you to overcome those challenges? You, I'm wondering because that advice could help others who are, you know, facing similar struggles. I think what I did, I started talking to myself. That was a big, that really helped me. I started telling myself, I, you know, every time I get up, Drexel, you are important. Drexel, you know, nobody's bad. I, I just keep telling myself that. And then it became a part of my subconscious mind. And then after I started developing in that area, I started not focusing on what people say because I, I used to be a people's pleaser where I lived my life trying to please people. Mm-hmm. And then so when I reached that point where I developed this confidence in, in programming myself to accept who I am and I am somebody, Mm-hmm. I started focusing less on what people say and, 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 and trying to be a part of the group to feel like I fit in. Those are the two things that really, really helped me in terms of strategy to, to be where I am today. Mm-hmm. Man, <laughs> positive self-talk yeah. is so necessary. Have you ever heard of the term ants? No, I haven't. Okay. So I, when I heard this term, I was so happy because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to describe. It's exactly what you're talking about. So ANTS stands for automatic negative thoughts. 
Well, and that's negative, negative thing. thoughts. Yeah. See, that's the thing about those pesky negative thoughts. Mm. They're usually the first one and they're the most automatic. So by you just saying, oh, I, I need to be more intentional about positive self-talk, you started to exterminate those ants. <laughs> yeah. And, and and it's funny because, you know, I, I think about it now. I'm like, well, I never realized how intentional I needed to be about the words that I was saying in my mind yeah. un until I realized how loud those negative and toxic thoughts were and how much they were shaping my perspective of the world, how I was responding to life, how I was even creating my own life, like how I was building my life was coming from my thoughts. I just didn't realize it at that time until, and you mentioned this, you were planting all of those positive seeds into your yeah. subconscious, and then they started to become conscious. And, and that's a huge part of personal growth is yeah. attacking the subconscious so you can be more conscious in a healthy way. Yeah. So it really worked for me because I was so used to hearing negative words. Mm -hmm. And so I became what people say I were with mm. the negative words. So, so I sort of didn't realize what I was doing. I sort of reversed it and then started becoming positive to myself. Mm -hmm. And we talked a little bit about some of the societal structures, you know, maybe that were, well, not maybe, but the societal structures that were in place. I'm curious though, what role do you think systemic injustice plays in hindering individuals from reaching their full potential? Like there's definitely systems, organizations, structures, however you want to fill that in, uh, that do limit groups of people. How have you seen that play out in your own life? And and with that, how did you overcome it? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think I think it's a big issue. I mean, a lot of times we label people and we have all these stereotypes about certain individuals. Mm -hmm. And even in Turks and Caicos, as locals, we struggle trying to even get our feet into, into the doors of opportunities. And there are a lot of opportunities here. That are right and there, it, your home, in your yeah, backyard. And, yeah, yeah, and it's 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 tough. And so we find you have to have this networking going on because you might have the experience, you might have the degree, but because it made these statements about you, they think everybody's alike. And so there's a lot of injustices going on. Like one person, one local may mess up on the job, and so they believe all of us are the same. One person may steal them, may think all, of, and so there's they, they don't trust us. Or at first, I believe that there is racism going on in Turks and Caicos. That's my personal belief. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of injustice going on. And so you have to fight so hard to, to overcome it. So, so what I did for me, I, I was able to get this, even with my business, when I my business 10 years ago, it was a struggle trying to, to get business from the expatriate community. So mm -hmm. the only people that supported me were the locals. Mm -hmm. And then one day someone came to my office and because and, there was an article in the paper about my business and they gave me an opportunity. And so they realized I was doing a great job. And then, and then the word of mouth came out and then I'm, I started to get more business. So, so that has helped mm -hmm. with your reputation. That's why it's important not to give up mm -hmm. and, and to maintain your, your integrity. But it's very hard. It's mm -hmm. very hard. And, and justice is, is taking place. Even our judicial system, mm -hmm. we believe that injustice is taking place depending who you are, whether you're local or whatever. The color of your skin, we believe that there, there are injustices taking place. Mm -hmm. Ever since humans have worked, walked this earth, injustice has been present. Yes. yes. That's something that is undeniable for sure. True. But then we have the groups of people, one like yourself, where say, okay, I know that injustice is present, but I'm still going to do my best. 
And my best includes uh, making a positive impact on the world around me. It's one group, but mm-hmm. we also need the other group, which is the person who you mentioned, who found you in the paper and who said, Hey, I'm going to take this chance. I think that this is someone you know that I need. And they decided to ignore all of the stereotypes and generalizations and to lean into and advocate for, right? Someone like yourself who maybe yes. would have not received that opportunity. And I think, you know, again, those two groups of people it's that that's where the hope lies. You know, that's where the change is present. And I think there's such a great opportunity for us in either of those spaces to continue to do the good work so that we can make progress because I don't know, will injustice ever be completely wiped off the face of the earth? No. No. Racism? No. No. It's present in every single corner. even between tribes, even between, you know, other cultures where you're like, oh, you look like me, but you may not come from, you know, the part of town Mm -hmm. or your ancestors or any of this. With all that being said, I'm curious as you finished up school and then you decided to start an accounting firm, you know, and you were pursuing your own uh, success. What made you go back to Turks and Caicos? You know, I'm very patriotic to, to, to Turks and Caicos. And when I got the scholarship, you know, the gentleman, he encouraged all of us, you know, I'm giving you the scholarship, but I want to return to Turks and Caicos to help your country. Mm. So I've always been patriot, even though there were four students. I was the first one for the first year, and each year there was another person. Mm-hmm. And two of us came back and two didn't. But because of my patriotism and love for the Turks and Caicos, I decided to come back home and, and make a difference. And, and I have no regrets doing that, even though I did like I love Ohio. It was part of my big part of my life, mm-hmm. but I felt uh, it was important for me to return home and, and help and help Turks and Caicos. Yes, I mean, this is what we do, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. we may pioneer in a new path. But we cannot forget those who are following behind us. Yeah. We have to help them. And there's no place like home, you know. You, oh. you, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Now, as you're helping other individuals, you know, to find their purpose and to pursue it passionately, what are some ways that you are helping to motivate them? How are you, you know, helping them to approach these different injustices or inequities so that they can really live into their potential? Sure. Well, one of the first things I do personally with my company, when I when I started my company, I realized what was taking place. So I made it my business. Even though it would have been better for me to hire experienced people, mm-hmm. I could get the job done more efficient and faster. I made it my business to hire Turks and Caicos Islanders to give them an opportunity to put their feet in the door. And they didn't have to stay with me. As long as they get the experience, that they could go out and, and get better jobs in the, in the private sector. So that's one of the first things I did is, is to, to train them and groom them mm-hmm. so they are well-established. They can go on their own, whatever they want to do. So that's, that's mm-hmm. I only hire locals. And that's, that's something... I have no apology for that because I feel a lot of us are being disadvantaged. Right. And so that's one thing I did. They have, we have to have an opportunity somewhere, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And the next thing I do, I, I go into the schools. Um, I, I have a, a YouTube channel. I write articles because I know there are so many people are suffering. So many people have so many issues. And so I feel that someone that went through what pe- most people are going through be better I could do it rather than just talking from theory. I'm talking from experience. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I do. I, I every week I, I have a story to share. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's where we actually connect most deeply is not when we just learn a strategy from a teacher, but when we hear even how that teacher has applied the strategy in their own life. Yes. How I parent actually. <laughs> Anytime I try and teach my son a lesson, I like to explain how I've lived through something similar. Hopefully yes. he's listening, Drexel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so, you know, I know personally, even when I experience growth in certain areas of, of you know, my journey, my growth is always tested. And one area that you mentioned was like building your confidence and how you can, you know, overcome self-doubt. So I imagine because I was an area of growth for you, that sometimes self-doubt still creeps back in that, you know, uh, limiting beliefs, maybe they still wander in the back of your mind. So how do you manage all of those things? And, and how do you maintain a positive mindset when new challenges and setbacks come up in your journey? Yeah, you're right. I, I do get some doubt sometimes. And I do, you know, especially if you overhear people saying things from the past, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think the important thing was is, is to remain focused. And we have to realize that every day of the life, if you're like, you, you might be faced with some sort of obstacles, whether it's related to your past. And you have to realize those things that will happen. But you have to stay focused. That if it, it's not a perfect, no one is perfect. Your days will not be perfect. We have to recognize that and, and don't fall for the trap. So I I remain focused, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though I struggle sometimes with you know overcoming the low self esteem. It's not one hundred percent gone, but it's better. But I, I I just remain focused. Well, that really plays into the fact that like we're not perfect, right? Even as we're growing yeah. and trying to be the best version of ourselves, we never get to this state of completion. No, not it's at just- all. Yeah, it's just along the way, we acquire tools and we start to practice new habits that are healthier. And in doing so, then when we have those moments where we do feel doubt or we do feel anything that could throw us off course, now we have a tool or a strategy or a habit that we can anchor ourselves to so that uh, moment doesn't completely take over and make us feel stuck like we were in, in old patterns. Yes. And so you mentioned that you've learned a lot along the way. You've had a lot of challenges. What's one piece of advice or wisdom that you wish you had received earlier in your career or or your personal life? I wish I was not afraid. Mm-hmm. I think fear is a, is a big thing for us. We, we're so afraid. We're afraid to take risks. We're afraid to pursue what we think we are called to do. Mm-hmm. And I wish I was bold. If I do it again, I wish I was more bolder. More, if I wish I was bolder. But I'm bold now, but I wish <laughs> I were, you know, because too many of us are afraid. And, and, and because we're afraid, we're not pursuing our purpose. We, we, we're, not, we're not going that extra mile that we're supposed to go to. We, we don't want to take the risk. We are in our comfort zone. So mm-hmm. that's the advice I give you. Don't be afraid. Come, come out of your comfort zone and and if you feel as you call it, even if you fail in the process, that's okay. You just learn from it. Exactly. That might be the title of your next book then, Drexel. Be bold. That's be nice bold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice Drexel, thank you so much for spending time. I mean, oh, it's an absolute honor getting to know you. And I love your mission and your passion to give back to a, a beautiful country, your community, your people. And because you decided to be bold, now you are definitely going to inspire others to do the same. So thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. Enjoy the rest of your day. 
This has been In the Details. If you like the show, tell a friend. For more shows like this, go to success.com slash podcasts.